This is a podcast presented by the Ohio Laborers Union to keep you connected to your labor family. This is Down with the Dig. Welcome to Down with the Dig. I'm your host, Matt Archer. Today we're going to talk about a special topic for the month of September because September is Suicide Prevention Month. And suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. In fact, every year 45,000 Americans die by suicide. And experts estimate that for every suicide, 25 people attempt it uh, with one being successful. So you can kind of understand how big of an issue this is in our society today. Today, we're joined by Bill Orr. He's the former business manager of Labor's Local 894 in Akron, Ohio. Hi, Bill. Good morning. How are you, Matt? Good. So according to the CDC, construction occupations have the highest rate of suicide among all the occupations. Uh, Bill, in in your experience, why would uh, the construction industry have a higher suicide rate than other industries? Well, it's... uh it's a high pressure job usually. Uh, you um, so you, you've got that on the table as far as the stresses. It's seasonal, so you've got the economic part of it as far as the stresses that family finances can put on it. Uh, if you're working a heavy highway, it's ten to twelve hours a week or a day, and then ten hours on Saturday, and that puts uh, just the time away from family. It adds a lot of stresses to the the, the family life, um, as far as the work life, the, the camaraderie, it's got a little bit of tough guy type of mentality where guys don't want to really open up to each other, even in my son's case, where instead of saying, this is crazy, he'd come in and say, hey, check out how crazy this is. And, you know, kind of uh, like a one-upsmanship, you know, coming in day after day. And uh, it's... It, it, it's a lot of combination of things. I think that uh, particularly the construction industry, the different types of pressures it puts on people and physically it's demanding. You're exhausted half the time when you're making decisions and uh, particularly out in weather like it is 95 and humid out here, it's, uh, it's tough. And you're, you're, but the employer doesn't care. The general public doesn't care. They want that, that highway paved and those orange barrels off of there, you know, right. and uh, they don't really care about the toll it takes on the individual. Bill, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background, your time as a business manager and, and the other pursuits you've had in your career? Well, I, I joined the laborers back in 1978, uh, worked building trades, heavy highway. Uh, I caught a break, got to learn a specialty trade within the laborers of cutting concrete and then able to run work and eventually have my own business cutting concretes and uh, had the pleasure of being able to work with my son for three years full time, traveling back and forth to work and working eight to 10, 12 hours a day. So uh, worked out very well. You mentioned your son. Tell me a little bit about him. Uh, great kid. Uh, Great person. He, he brought the energy, he brought the fun every place he went. Uh, through school, it was football, wrestling, baseball. Later, he worked for me. Started as a shop boy, running running errands and running parts and changing oil and wires and, and stuff like that. And worked his way up. Uh, 
eventually got in the union and, and I believe he had about nine years maybe vested at the time of his death. He died at 29. What caused your son's death? He, he shot himself. I guess he shot himself right in the brainstem and uh, was virtually instantaneous, which if there's anything to take away from it, I guess I, I'm glad he didn't suffer. Sure. But, uh, but I, I guess you got to worry about, you know, the, the suffering in the end for the entire week or whatever led up to that. What do you think led to his feelings of suicide? Uh, suicide's a complicated issue, Absolutely. as I'm sure you, as sure you know. And, uh, I think everybody's knee-jerk uh, or go-to answer is uh, sometime, some type of personal problem and that type of thing. Uh, you know, I think mental health is a part, one component of, a lot of suicides. Um, I think there's other possible components. Concussions are showing to be one. You could see what the, sure. the NFL is doing in their studies. In my mind, a huge one is pharmaceuticals. Uh, a third of the country takes pharmaceuticals, uh, prescription drugs that uh, lead to some type of depression or could lead to some type of depression and anxiety. So. Uh, particularly if you get a couple of those components together, some type of life stresses, concussions, uh, prescription drugs that cause suicidal thoughts, uh, you really got a cocktail there for tragedy. You're right. I think it's so common. You see these commercials on TV for pharmaceuticals, and they, they talk about the side effects. And so often in those, you hear suicidal tendencies or suicidal thoughts. And that just, you know, leads you to understand how big of a problem uh, some of these, as you say, cocktails can be on a person's mind and, and mood. Yeah, the, some of the studies I've read, and uh, it's, it's been a while. I mean, right after the suicide, obviously, there's many sleepless nights and spent a lot of time on the Internet researching things. And uh, he, he definitely was on one of the uh, most notorious drugs for suicide, suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I think he, he was a young married, uh, or a new father, two kids. And I think he had the stresses of life also going on. Sure. Uh, transition from the, the, the fun <laughs> single life to married and two kids. And right. so, yeah, I, I do think, and, and he had history of concussions through, uh, through sports. He loved, uh, Anything to do with engines and dirt bikes and four-wheelers. And I know he had several concussions. And uh, he was on that, uh, this, I don't know if I'm allowed to use the brand name, but he was on the stop smoking drug that uh, is very notorious and used to have the TV commercials with the little cartoon butterflies and telling you how everything was going to be great. And then at the end, they slip in. It may cause suicidal thoughts. And uh, some of his coworkers and friends did tell me after the fact that he would come into work and and describe the nightmares and things like that that the that the, the drug was causing. But he was hell bent. He had he had made a bargain with his wife that he was going to stop smoking, and uh, they figured out for the equivalent amount of money he could get a Harley. So, you know, he made a bargain with that and was going to stubbornly stop smoking no matter what it was and. I think it kind of took a dark humor where he'd come in and I learned all this after the fact, but uh, tell his coworkers, you know, just how crazy the last night's dreams were and stuff. 
So he may have given some indication that he was experiencing some kind of a effect of the pharmaceuticals on his mental state. He did give that that uh, impression to coworkers at some point. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, some of the research I had done, is I think it's like nine out of ten mental health professionals are up to the task on uh, suicide. A hundred million dollars was spent in 2020 on suicide research by the National Institute of Health compared to 690 million in breast cancer. But I think that in, for somebody that's lived it and lived through it and had to deal with it, obviously I've done a lot more research in it and uh, there's a lot more to it than that. And I would have to say it's usually a combination of some of these things. <clears throat> so you mentioned he had two young kids. What, what has life been like for his family since his passing? They've done remarkably well. They've had a lot of support, grandparents on both sides. His, it was 10 years ago. His wife has since remarried and uh, to a wonderful guy, which is, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of hard to, hard to take when she started the dating game. But, sure. uh, I got, but she, married, she married a very wonderful guy, and they're doing a wonderful job with the kids. Uh, they're 12 and 10 now. Did you ever have any circumstances in your time as a business manager where you had a similar circumstance, one of your members or, or somebody that you were aware of that had suicidal thoughts? I had a, a two members that uh, lost children to suicide, and I guess I became the de facto person to go to. The, the bad news that I had to share with uh, the members who lost their kids was uh, you got to really get a piece with knowing you're never going to have the answers. And, and until you get to that point, you're going to have those sleepless nights. You're going to be Googling anything that had anything to do with what was going on in your kid's life and trying to research it. And uh, you're really not going to come to, to your own peace of mind until you realize that you're not going to figure this out. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's with you every day and there's, so many reminders and you just got to live with that. Like I say, you would drive yourself completely crazy until you come to that peace of mind of knowing that I'm never really going to figure out what was in his head at that time. Do you see a member on a job site as being a safety issue that may be dealing with suicide tendencies or thoughts? Certainly um, somebody with suicidal thoughts could create havoc on a job site That's or any workplace. Sure. Anybody with a mindset where they don't care if they live or die, maybe may put their coworkers at risk or uh, may not point out safety, uh, safety issues on a job because they don't necessarily care for their own life so much, um, but they are not realizing the impact they may have on their own coworkers. And to your point about mental health, I recently saw a video clip. Um, it was really a uh, a video clip of just five seconds snippets of people laughing and dancing and and smiling. And at the end of it, um, after about a minute, it said, these are the last videos ever recorded by people who have committed suicide, proving oh, wow. that, you know, it's, it's not always somebody that is in obvious mental distress. It can, on the surface, they can appear happy and and dancing and laughing, but underneath the surface, there is something else going on that leads them down this path. And 
to your point about research, you know, until we put time and, and money and energy into it, we may never know the answers. You know, after, I, you know, I was very politically active in my role at the laborers and I knew lobbyists and various lobbyists and people from different past lives. And um, I did talk to one lobbyist about potentially getting some type of legislation passed about uh, psychotropic drugs. Um, their psychotropic drugs are change your brain chemistry. Um, it, uh, anything from acne prevention to hypertension to uh, stop smoking, just a whole variety of drugs and, and, and a lot of them. And the idea was to get them implemented properly in an education and an awareness. Uh, if you go to the American, uh, the FDA and, and the, the pharmaceutical associations, they have methodology on how these are to be distributed. And, you know, you should be talking to the patient and getting this type of information, trained professionals, not, not somebody on the job site listening right. to the nightmares he had last night, but there should be trained professionals in the middle of this thing as, as the prescriptions are, are being distributed. And, and you probably would know as well as I do that his wife probably called it in and he probably drove through the drive through prescription pickup and nobody said, Hey, is there anything going on here? And it violates a lot of the, the, the codes, but everybody's got their, their butts covered because they put a, a black box on the, on the prescription. You know, it's a, right. It's the like the like cigarettes did saying that this might cause cancer. They they slap a label on saying, you know, this might cause suicidal thoughts, and, and they're free of liability. And but to me, there's a a chain of command there that uh, be, coming from the pharmaceuticals. I mean, these are the same great people that brought us opioids, right. and without any type of oversight. And uh, but I I did try to get some people interested. And I went, uh, the particular lobbyist I was dealing with went to the, uh, the psychiatrist association think that they might have some skin in the game wanting to <clears throat> get more involved. And, uh, it, that all got quickly shot down by uh, the powers to be, but sure. there's, I think there's a lot of room in there for a lot of information that could save a lot of lives. And I think you're right in saying that, you know, your, your coworkers, your bosses, your supervisors, whatever, are not qualified to um, deal with a, a person suicidal. But I think there are steps that people can take. I mean, I think if if you notice a behavior change in someone or if they're not engaged or they're not as, as uh, paying attention to safety on a job site, there are things you can do. And, and you know, I think some of the experts say, be blunt, uh, you know, uh, ask them, are you, have you considered suicide? Um, and they say, don't, don't say something like, are you considering something, doing something stupid because that makes them feel worse. But, um, there's, I think this stigma that if you ask about suicide, it will put the, in their head that it may be something they want to think about. And what experts have found is that often is an open door for people to open up and say, you know, I have had those thoughts. Um, and, and, sometimes all it takes is just starting to talk about it and then, um, you know, stay communicating with them and um, have them reach out to resources that are qualified to really delve in and, and help treat the situation. 
But like I said, I think there are things that people can do um, when you notice something off about someone. Uh, don't just brush it aside. You know, ask those hard questions, those uncomfortable questions, uh, because that may make a difference in someone's life. I do think they got the the nationwide nine eight eight number now that they implemented, I guess, this month. And uh, that's a start. You know, it's uh, for those that don't know that uh, that's a suicide prevention or information hotline now, similar to nine one one. Right. But uh, you know, they have to get an awareness campaign out there. I mean, it's it's nice to have it. Uh, it's but you really do have to alert the entire public because you might be standing next to somebody that has these suicidal thoughts and there's no indicators. Right. Uh, so you you got to really kind of wake people up to the fact that how prevalent it is, how uh, random it is, and, uh, you know, just to be on the alert, look for uh, any type of, like I say, to, to me the big ones are uh, stress in their life and, and the pharmaceuticals is way bigger than anybody wants to admit. And concussions is, is uh, the study like the NFL is doing is, really showing that that has a lot to do with it also. I think that increased the likelihood of suicide by six um, if you had a history of concussions. So, like I say, if you, particularly if you had a couple of these components together, it's, it's a bad cocktail. You're right. I think 988 is so important, and it's such a big step. And I hope people start to put that in their brain, that that is a resource. It's, it's as easy as 911. Um, it's 988 and I did some research on that this morning because um, there's been some concern about the nationwide line when you call that, that um, they can trace where you are, they can trace, you know, um, how to get to you, and they'll involve law enforcement. And according to the research I've done, um, they cannot trace your call. They do not have the tracing ability like 911 has. So that is not a concern whatsoever. And they will only involve law enforcement if self-harm is either in progress or imminent. And they estimate only about 2% of the cases or the calls that they get uh, is one that leads to a law enforcement involvement. So it really is a resource for people that are struggling that they can call. They can call free of worry about any kind of a law enforcement um, entanglement um, as long as they're not you know, in the process of anything at that moment. And it, it, it really is someone that can talk to and get resources on how to get help and get past this period in life where uh, they may feel hopeless. One of the other resources available is telemedicine. So many of our, our telemedicine providers now offer mental health resources where you can contact them through an app on your, on your phone, your smartphone or your computer, and you can reach out to people there that are qualified to handle the case, uh, know what to say and do to direct people to get uh, further help for their case. Um, so that's a really, really good option now. Um, telemedicine and 988 are both very good options for people that may be uh, thinking about suicide or having those thoughts. Bill, I want to thank you for taking some time today to talk about uh, an uncomfortable time in your life and, and in your son's family's life. Um, I hope it, uh, resonates with people that out there that are out there that may be listening. And, um, I really appreciate you being open and honest about it and I appreciate your time. I guess if there's any takeaways, people got to be constantly alert because it, it, uh, 
it, it's not something that's going to give you a hell of a lot of warning signs on the way up to usually. Usually it's just, uh, it just happens. So you got to be constantly vigilant, you know, watch out for some of these things that might contribute to it and uh, stay close and in conversation with all your loved ones. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bill. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or need resources about suicide prevention, I encourage you to get online. There are all kinds of websites available. One that is directly related to construction is at preventconstructionsuicide.com. It's the Construction Industry Alliance for Suicide Prevention. They have a lot of tools and resources. They have tool talks available if you are on a job site and want to share the information with your crew or your coworkers. They have all kinds of resources available for you to use. We appreciate you listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at downwiththedig.com. If you want to hear more of these types of podcasts, please subscribe at downwiththedig.com or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Matt Archer. Well, now you're up to date. Views and comments expressed on this podcast may not be those of Ohio Labor's District Council or LIUNA. Thanks for listening, and let's be careful out there.